On today's episode, we're discussing the 35-minute pilot to Marvel's latest Avengers series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. And this has to be the fastest that we've reviewed, like, two Marvel shows, because we did I Am Groot, like, three episodes ago, Mm -hmm. and both are supposed to be comedies. In fact, She-Hulk has been said by the creator, Jessica Gao, to be the first real comedy that Marvel has come out with. I've noticed that recently, Marvel shows have turned more lighthearted. The uh, Hawkeyes of the world, the I Am Groots, this show, they're all kind of not as serious or dramatic or sad and depressing as a Avengers Endgame. Well, yeah, that tracks. I mean, Jessica Gao, she wrote for Back at the Barnyard, the TV series, Big Time Rush, The Fructose Adventures of Annoying Orange. This is not giving me positive vibes for the show. Well, but then she like progressed into more adult comedies, Silicon Valley, Bajillion Dollar Properties, Rick and Morty, the Pickle Rick episode she wrote, Corporate. Adult comedies. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's one way of defining it. Well, I mean, yeah, then you have Kate Caro. She's the person who directed the first four episodes and the last two episodes she's directed for shameless the make it's always sunny in philadelphia modern family so when i heard how many episodes are in this season nine and so she directed six of the nine yes okay yeah and so i mean when i heard that this was going to be the first comedy series or law firm comedy series i was like yeah that tracks with what they're given but does it actually work for the show Yeah, I think that Tatiana Maslany, she's already shown that with, like, Orphan Black, that she can carry a show on her own. She's gotten critical acclaim. From this show or just in the past? No, from from her role in this show. She's a well-known actress. She's already gotten critical acclaim for plenty of roles that she's done in the past. But the show's only released one episode. You're saying for the critics, they've seen the entire series The critics were given the first four episodes. All right, and they say that she does a good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does. Um, Jen Walters, that's her character. Cousin Bruce, obviously. Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner. Yeah, he was disappointed he wasn't in Love and Thunder. So he was happy when he got the, like, call to do this. Okay, so that was filmed during the same time? Yeah. And then Nikki is just the friend slash confidant paralegal uh jamila jamil comes in at the very end and as far as what we see in this episode the other characters don't even matter it's just jen walters and cousin bruce and them on the secluded island bonding understanding their powers and kind of just coming to grips with jen walters being a new superhero but how does she get her powers she gets her powers it's a whole convoluted story so the whole thing begins with jen as a lawyer she's actually a deputy district attorney so she's joining foggy and matt murdoch as protagonists in the marvel (laughs) universe who have a law degree right yeah and so she's practicing her closing argument with Nikki and this frenemy competitive other counsel that she's serving with as a prosecutor, Dennis, right? Mm-hmm. It also made me consider Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, Bird Girl, those type of like spinoff. Um, what was it? Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Yeah. Uh, DC Adult Swim series? TV shows. What, were those DC characters? No, they were Adult Swim. No, so they just incorporated any character that they wanted yeah. into it. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like that where she's going to be uh, defending probably some superheroes during her time yeah, as a lawyer. Well, it's supposed to be like a case-by-week show, at least. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, not in this first episode. So then it goes full save by the bell. She turns to the camera, revealing that she can actually speak to it, break that fourth wall. So we're looking at Deadpool. And uh, she's like, so this is how I actually got my powers. It's funny you say the thing about Deadpool because uh, her comics came out before, I think, Deadpool comics were even She-Hulk has never been as famous or as popular as Deadpool, though. Right, yeah. But But, her comics came out, I think, in the 1980s. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think that Ryan Reynolds is going to get his own show? I don't think that Disney Plus would be able to make a Deadpool series. Yeah, not at the pace they're going or in the trajectory they're going yeah. because it's just getting lighter and lighter and more Disney-fied. However, there were a few targeted jokes in this that were made for an older audience, you know, and yeah. I'll get to those. But yeah, so she's giving this backstory about how her 
and Bruce Banner were having a road trip that happened a few months back. They were just shooting the shit, you know, just talking in this SUV. You remember at the end of Endgame when uh, the Hulk gets injured by snapping uh, with the gauntlet or whatever the uh, fist thing is right, called. Right, yeah. Yeah, the, the glove. Gauntlet, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then he apparently had invented some sort of inhibitor, which made him shrink back down to his human form. Oh, so you actually see Mark Ruffalo as Mark Ruffalo. When they're in the SUV, show. yeah. Otherwise, the Hulk wouldn't have fit. <laughs> so they're both just talking, and he's talking about how he's fixed this thing so that it, it keeps the Hulk at bay, and that um, ever since then, he's been trying to heal his hand. And then she's talking about uh, how you can eat Cheetos with chopsticks and how it keeps your fingers from getting dirty, as well as making theories about whether or not Captain America was a virgin. That's when a giant spaceship comes out of nowhere and like interrupts their entire conversation and she swerves off the road flings themselves off a cliff you know and uh-huh. the thing goes careening down you'd think that they'd both be dead obviously not him because he's the hulk but she seems the less hurt of the two she jumps out of the vehicle and starts to like pull at the door to help him out but she's got a flesh wound on her arm and then he is like i'm also bleeding because i've got this inhibitor on right. normally he would have hulked out by now yeah and and so the blood of his gets into her wound and it's like venom oh that's how it happens it's it's yeah so his blood is infectious kind of like a zombie um, which made me think of the show I Zombie. And so she suddenly, like, it's an immediate transformation. She morphs into this giant green thing, and we see her blackout uh, after she runs into the forest. And she wakes up hours later. She finds herself at this random bar, and she goes in, and these random ladies, because it's ladies' night, help her, like, get in contact with Bruce. She goes outside to wait for him. That's when she gets harassed by a bunch of dudes just looking to hit on her, and she morphs back out, and then the Hulk shows up to like knock her out again she wakes up now she's at a beachfront property that apparently bruce had built with tony stark uh-huh. because he keeps on dropping tony's name about how they were bonding together this was during the civil war times when they weren't talking to steve rogers at all right. so like and it was before obviously hulk went to ragnarok mm-hmm. right so prior to like two years in the marvel universe plus the five years of the blip um so seven years that's my guess. Yeah. Okay. So then he's like, you're a Hulk now to Jen. And uh, he's back in his Professor Hulk form. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So let's say- The inhibitor had zonked out because of the crash. So, so it's not going to work anymore. So you're really only going to see Mark Ruffalo in Hulk form for the rest of the series. At least that's what they make it seem like. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, so uh, going back, I know that you were talking about the Cheetos with the chopsticks. Yeah, it comes back into play later. People think that that's actually a reference to a Instagram post that Oscar Isaac made in 2016 when he posted a picture of himself eating Cheetos with a chopstick. Huh. <laughs> because <laughs> of his connection with Moon Knight? Uh, yeah, and also, I think that, um, yeah, they changed the way that the origin story is in the comics. I think in the comics, it's a lot more serious. Uh, Jennifer Walters gets shot, I think, when she's an attorney, mm-hmm. and then uh, Bruce Banner, like, he literally uses his own blood as transfusion to be able to keep her alive. That would be more of the Netflix Marvel-type yeah. series, the darker-toned Christopher Nolan-type right. series that I'd be used to, the Jessica Jones mm-hmm. of the group, yeah? So, um, but her character is just much more... Um, put together than I'd say any of the characters in the Netflix universe. That's how it is in the comics, though, because once she gets her Hulk power, she doesn't freak out or anything like that. She's actually, like, completely okay with it. And that stays true here because Cousin Bruce is all about telling her, hey, you've got to struggle with this identity crisis that you're going to have for the next 15 years, and we're going to work this one out together. And so he pulls out this full manual, and he's like, we got to go through this step 
by step. And then he first shows her how she can morph back in by like getting stressed, having these blades come at her. And she's like, okay, well, this is how I changed my body. And then he realizes this is a big reveal that she doesn't have an alter ego. You know how when Bruce Banner turns, he doesn't remember anything right. because he turns into full Hulk form. Basically, he can't speak um, more than a few like simple words and, you know, the regular Hulk stuff. But because Jen is able to maintain her consciousness, right, mm-hmm. she just wants to leave. She's like, OK, well, obviously, I'm this isn't that big a deal. I can just go back to work and I'll just I can control my anger. Yeah, she's foregoing like kind of the secret identity thing like Tony Stark, basically. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but she doesn't really want to explain that she is a giant green monster. She's kind of like Fiona from Shrek, where she's just like, I'll hide it, you know? Yeah. Because I can just continue my career. She's very career-oriented. And so they have constant battles about this until she finally agrees to kind of just, like, hang out there at the beach house while he trains her in the simple stuff, like throwing boulders. And they do a montage of them hanging out and doing yoga together and talking things out and then having drinks together because obviously Hulks can have, they have an insane metabolism so they can just <laughs> chug, 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 chug. But yeah, I mean, we saw, we saw that in Endgame. Yeah, so yeah. they recreate that thing. And apparently the tiki bar that is called Bruce, Bruce's bar there was also made with Tony. And so it's a lot of like <laughs> so just lighthearted, funny jokes. Yeah. You know? The one thing I've noticed about though, Mark Ruffalo when he's playing the um professor hulk or smart hulk yeah is that he's 100 still just bruce banner they like to say that it's a merge of the two but there is no part of the hulk's consciousness it's literally only his look look, yes and so that like upsets me a little bit because i think the whole identity crisis that they were uh that we witnessed in ragnarok and also in endgame it made sense that the hulk was angry about stuff and that it wanted like half say it was kind of like the Jekyll and Hyde but it doesn't really feel like it's really a merge it's more just like I'm going to take some of your body not only that but in the 2008 version with Edward Norton that's really what the whole entire uh, film is about it's about the fact that he doesn't want to transform into the Hulk and that like it really is just like a tension-filled thing where it's like he just sometimes has to but he really just wants to get rid of his thing hmm do you think Edward Norton would ever come back to Marvel? No, I think that he said on record that he wouldn't. Oh, okay. The reason for that is because um, I believe that Kevin Feige like, kind of hinted that Edward Norton wanted to take the Hulk in a more serious direction. And there's even a uh, clip on YouTube where they show clips from the 2008 Hulk and the modern Hulk. And people all in the comments were like, yeah, I kind of prefer the fact that like Hulk looks like a straight up monster in the 2008 version. And he also is just like a and lot more And in the 2003, angry. they've changed the CGI right. quite a bit. But the you said Kid, Kevin and Feige, and I think we've always pronounced it that way. It's also like Feige, right? Like, yeah. I think that's how it's said too. Uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, that's what they're technically doing in that montage. She's also telling her about the clothes. She should always have two sets of it, one for her regular five foot four body and one for her like six foot seven, which I find funny that she's only six foot seven, which is about the same height as like Aaron Judge. Yeah. So so, <laughs> so it's not like, a, 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 it's not as big as the Hulk. Well, yeah, they brought but in- she's as strong as the Hulk. They have a six foot seven double on set that was like on set all the time that makes sense so that they're able to like quantify exactly where she'd be standing right i also know that tatiana maslani said that she was like having to be on platforms a lot of the time whenever they were shooting yeah there is an awkward scene when she first comes down to the basement level and the hulk is explaining how the gamma like radiation got into her blood and how she's like able to even heal him and his arm is healed oh okay so that's how they explain that but it's also awkward because it looks like she's kind of looking at a tennis ball you know how like sometimes they use tennis balls 
calls to uh, to measure your eyeline when you're doing right. a scene. Yeah. And his voice sounded a little ADR. Maybe I was looking into it too much, but I did watch the episode twice, and, and that scene just came across a little awkward, almost like they weren't in the scene actually together. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's not that interesting. Well, but I know that they use a, like, head on a pole sometimes to, like, kind of... Yeah. Like, but, I think but, that was motion capture. But obviously, that's not the most important part of the plot. After that, after this whole training process, she's like, I think I'm good to go. And Bruce is still like, no, 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 you don't understand. You have to be a superhero now. That's your only choice. And she's like, no, it's not. I've been dealing with anger, with catcalls and all in the sexism argument about how like this, she's better at dealing with her anger than he is. And she kind of is right about it because then she takes the Jeep and starts to drive away. And then they have this big fight scene where, where I think the most, most of the budget must've gone into. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the CGI is it's not bad. Like I, I, I enjoyed watching it, but at the same time, I know that in 10 years, it won't look that good. It definitely yeah. wasn't as good as any of the Marvel movie CGI that we see with it. It does look a little uh, video game esque mm -hmm. at times, um, but it's still fun to watch two Hulks battle. Yeah, I know that Kat Cairo said that actually shooting the action was the easier parts, and it was really hard for them to actually just shoot the scenes where they were in Hulk form, but they were just talking. Uh -huh. The thing is, is that uh, the CGI has gotten mixed reviews. Some people have said that, like, yeah, they enjoyed it, and other people have said it was really, like, jarring, and it didn't come across that great. So it's, like, been middle of the road. And I can understand both uh, scenarios there. I was willing to give it more rope, I think, because it was, I was just trying to judge the series off of other right, things in yeah. this first episode, mostly just the storyline she ends up leaving then but they do mend things once she's destroyed the bar accidentally and they recreate it and then they're like okay uh i respect your it. choice <laughs> well she's like you're gonna help me fix it and then she helps him fix it and then he's like i respect your decision to leave and then she turns to the camera and she's like no he doesn't you know like that type yeah. of uh, e ego and then she goes back and it's a few months later again and she's about to have her closing argument so the beginning scene right mm -hmm. and she walks out of the office and right when she's about to make her case that's when Jamila Jamil, I don't know the name of her character because she literally doesn't get that many lines. She just busts through the wall, Kool-Aid man style. And so like the pews are breaking and stuff like that. And then uh, Nikki, who knows about um, Jen's powers because she must've told her that's like her best friend, her confidant, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the paralegal, she's like, I'll take your shoes. And so she takes her shoes and then, she and then Jen morphs out in one punch man style. She punches Jamila and that causes her to just like knock out almost immediately. And then- Wow, so she's strong. Oh yeah, she's super, she's almost the same level of strength as Hulk. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that if Hulk was, like if he wasn't in his half professor body, that she would have a chance against him. Right. Um, that's basically the end of the episode. She turns to the judge and she morphs back down so she can like control <laughs> whether or not she goes into her Hulk form I or didn't, not, which I is didn't really know helpful. That. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. That's why he kind of lets her go is he's like, oh, you have more control of this than I do. Mm -hmm. um, and so she goes back, her suit is all ripped up, but she's like, I wanna continue. Um, so this is my closing argument, right? Like where were we, that type <laughs> right, of thing. Yeah. Credits roll at the very end. We do get a funny scene uh, and it wasn't actually good after credit scene because, you know, earlier she had mentioned how like she thought in conspiracy way that uh, Steve Rogers was a virgin because of the timeline of his. Uh, but then uh, the Hulk discloses because she's acting like she's really drunk and upset about this. And he's like, he wasn't he at the U.S. So tour of like 1943. He lost it. And, and then she was like, I wasn't really drunk. And then she's like, Steve Rogers. And then that that's where it like cuts out, but it doesn't say the full <laughs> right, word, obviously. Yeah. And that's where it's like a little bit more adult humor in there. And so overall, I give the show 
a different type of review than I would give Loki and WandaVision. I think you have to judge it on a different scale. It's not yeah. supposed to move the overall Marvel arc too much. It's just kind of there on its own. So seven out of 10, uh, I can see it going either direction, really. I can see it kind of trailing off and becoming boring. But I think from the trailer itself, it seems like there's going to be a lot more that happens in further episodes. Yeah, and there's supposed which, to be a lot more people that show up as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And antagonists, obviously the Tim Roth character, um, if he comes in at all like his 2008 role, then it should be really interesting. I do have some stray observations, good and bad. Um, in the first scene, when she's doing her practice speech for her closing argument, it is a riff on the Spider-Man responsibility and power. Like, it's basically like those with power must be responsible. That's the message she's trying to put across. And then uh, everything about her office is a little green tinted. And so is like every scene. There's trees uh, that are sometimes green or her suit is green. And it's like something that is trying to hint back. Also, the Hulk logo looks a lot like the Hulu logo. Have you ever noticed that? No, I, I noticed that on watch, and I was like, well, it's sad that they can't be on the same one just for that case, because you could easily just, it's just one letter at the end there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, but, but as far as her character, I think that's where it both wins and loses, because she's very strong, but she's not like with this mentor-mentee relationship that she has with the real Hulk. It's not like the Karate Kid or like uh, Yoda and and Luke. Like that's what I think Mark Ruffalo's version of the Hulk wants it mm. to be. But it doesn't wants... come across that way. No, no, no. It, it, because her character doesn't have a journey to do. She's so already like put together and smart alecky and, and antsy and stubborn and comfortable in her own skin. I think that's the main one is that because she's comfortable in her own skin and she doesn't have a journey to go through, there's really nothing that you're watching her learn. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not like you're seeing a character progress. She's not very dynamic in this first episode. Well, I episode. know in the comics, she's supposed to first be like ill-tempered, but then kind of portray them more yeah, and more as like usually- a fun loving kind empathetic way yeah usually when you have a protagonist they have to go through some form of like they have a problem right you know and she just doesn't seem to have any problems you're not the only person to say that so overall the reviews have been it's kind of good reviews but there's also been some mixed ones uh 92 percent on Rotten tomatoes 66 percent audience rating imdb got review bombed so it's really hard to tell where it stayed yesterday i understand why like a league of their own is because you got a lot of people who are either sexist or people who just don't like the original compared to you know yeah so it, it can be a good thing or a bad thing but like with this what is the main reason i think it's just the fact that people on like they think it's woke but it got how was this woke she makes like one or two mentions to the fact that like she's been dealing with shit all her life and she's been able to do it so far, like because she's a woman. And yeah. besides that, it's not. It's not. I mean, serious. yesterday it had a four point six on IMDb. Now it's risen. It has like a five point eight. Like Ooh. I said, the reviews have mostly been positive, but there have been some like even Variety said that like I think. After four episodes, they're really not sure where the show is even going at Uh-oh. this point. Um, but That's what I meant by in either direction, because the trailer would make me believe that it does have a, an ultimate goal of where it wants to go. However, this first episode doesn't seem to end anywhere. In, like, again, Jamil, you usually would introduce a villain of some form, right, yeah. but she didn't even, I don't even know if she's a villain. They also introduced that spaceship, which I'm sure will come back into play. That, so like, yeah, that, yeah, that spaceship, ne- that spaceship never shows up again. 
Uh, well, well, not in this first episode, but Bruce Banner does say that he's going to look into it. Like, he's like, it was this type of spaceship, and I have to find out what they want, but we'll do that later. Rolling Stone said it's a show build as Marvel's first out-and-out comedy would be funnier than Hawkeye, but Maslany's performance helped She-Hulk carve their own place within the MCU, and comicbook.com also gave it a favorable review, saying it's not only the live-action debut that titular character has always deserved, but it's a new turning point for what the MCU's TV shows are capable of. I don't know about, like they I think they've already shown the full extent of their capabilities. I don't know if this pushes the bar in a, a new direction. It does make me think why don't we have more Hulk fight scenes in the actual movies? Mm-hmm. Cuz from what the what was it the Russo brothers? Yeah. Most recent interview, they didn't know what to do with the Hulk's character and that's why they kind of tamed him down in the right. last couple, yeah, which makes that. me think like with this series, it's like you could have morphed him out like crazy and had some crazy stuff happen, but instead you kind of kept it low-key and decided to go with a different character introduction and that's fine in I guess comic book he's straight. 54 years old so he's probably tired of doing it anyways <laughs> that's true well he actually said that it, like there was talk about them doing a, a hulk movie solo movie back in like 2014 yeah and he was even asked about it in the premiere when they were uh, showing the first episode at, like i think in la and he was like i'm always up for whatever they want me to do so he's definitely i think like the one of the most ingrained actors in the mcu one thing that did get me about the cgi is that like I understand that um, with the Hulk's transformation that it's just his full body is going to like burst out, right? right. Same with her, it's just going to become really big and every part of your living body is going to grow um, because you have living cells in there. But like the top of your head, the hair on the top of your head is not living once it's reached the surface. <laughs> like that's just known fact. So why does the, her hair change as soon as she hulks out, it like becomes way straighter and like more like perfectly quaffed. And then when she goes back into her human form, once again, it's like crazy curls everywhere. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's very odd. It was almost like the CGI people were like, well, this looks better. But like, it doesn't make sense if she's not going to have that hair beforehand, why she would have it afterwards. I know that Jessica Gao did say that like the way they approach writing, especially because they're bringing in other MCU characters in later episodes, they just kind of wrote it in such a way where if MCU is going to step in and tell them to stop and she says that they have no problem doing that sometimes, then they were just going to try and go kind of as crazy as possible while also still making it a light tone. Do you know how many different Hulks there's been that have been published into comic books? No, but because she referred to herself as just a Hulk, it seemed like it was now considered like a species and because of their blood being so infectious i would think that there's probably a lot well there's uh there's the green hulk and there's red hulk uh red hulk she hulk and then gamma powered non-hulks those are like abomination like the 2008 villain and uh kind of uh, they're their own species i thought the 2008 one was a red hulk well you know what's (laughs) weird is that the red hulk was actually is a comic book character thaddeus ross he's been portrayed in the films in the 2003 version by sam elliott and then william hurt mm-hmm. that's who actually he was playing in the uh mcu character yeah i think i remember that right and he's supposed to he actually got his powers by the leader in modok which i found strange and he's he's like a villain turned anti-hero when you say the leader you mean modok modok like himself yeah the no, the, the leader is a different character. In oh, the comic books. oh, okay. And Murdoch, yeah. Yeah. So, so I found that interesting. I wonder had like they kept this character around. I know William Hurt sadly passed, but like if they would have done anything with that. Mm, well, I don't think they kept much about the any of the previous versions of Hulk stuff in the later Marvel universe. The Tim Roth thing is still amazing to me. It would be great if they incorporated uh, Matt Murdock or Daredevil into this series, though. I think it would be a perfect thing to have them fighting against each other or something in one. Not fighting physically, but fighting in the courtroom, you know? <laughs> So in the comic book, She-Hulk was actually trained by Captain America and Gamora, and she's an alternate member. She looks member. like Gamora. 
Now that you say that, she looks like Gamora. Yeah, she's an alternate. She just doesn't have those little, like, uh, pieces of skin that come out like Gamora does, or those tattoos or whatever yeah. she has. She's she's also supposed to be an alternate member of Fantastic Four and the leader of A-Force, which is, Wait, like... when you say alternate, do you mean, like, an alternate jury member where she's just called well, in like, if they're, like, out of... Yeah. If there's only three of them available, <laughs> yeah, she's, like, like the thing you're the alternate fourth? She, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. And then How she, many alternates do they have? She's the leader of A-Force and all-female team in the comics, and, uh... People are speculating that she's supposed to be in the next Avengers movie that's coming out in, like, 2025. But that's not confirmed? That's not confirmed. She's supposed to show up in the MCU films, though, I mean, point. she's got a big enough name where I don't think it'd be that big of a leap. They cut, like, 25% of the jokes for every single episode. They left it on the cutting room floor, Jessica Keo said. And also, they based her looks off of Olympic athletes. They based She-Hulk's looks yeah. off of Olympic? Again, she looks like Gamora. She yeah. just looks like a big <laughs> Hulk version of Gamora. That's about all She I looks have. more like Gamora than she does Tatiana Maslany. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk this one to death. I think it's a good series. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.